Hello, folks. Welcome to Holding On with Holder, where I talk to interesting people about interesting topics. My name is Steve Holder, and I am your host. My guest this evening is Kesley Mack, who helps people get over their traumatic childhood experiences via what she calls karmic soul healing. Welcome, Kesley. Glad to have you with me. Thank you, Steve. I'm very happy to be here. So for those who have never heard of karmic soul healing, like me, what exactly, who are you and what exactly do you do? Yeah, so I do a lot of things. Um, I am a hypnotherapist, a hypnotherapy instructor, a Reiki master, Reiki master teacher. Um, I am a mind-body specialist and a trauma specialist. So what I really do is I heal and help people heal their trauma on all levels. So we okay. heal the mind, the body, the energy, and the spirit, the soul. So where does the karmic part come in? Why do you call yourself a karmic soul healer instead of just a therapist? So the karmic soul healer is because when we are souls, we come in and have human experiences. And it is about connecting all of your different past lives for the healing. Um, the Tibetan Buddhist idea is that we are here as humans in this form to learn something. So as a soul, we are in non-physical form in the beautiful bliss of the universe. There is no negativity. It's all just positive. And then we want to appreciate. And if you have everything, it's hard to appreciate it. So as souls, we want to learn the opposite. So if we want to learn like forgiveness, we have to experience something worth forgiving or we'll never understand what it means to forgive. So we choose things to learn in each life. And that's where the karmic comes in because this, the healing that I do is past life healing as well. And it's how all of the experiences we've had as humans kind of collectively are karmically coming to balance in this life. And so it's learning, why did we plan this? What did we, what were we thinking when we plan these crazy experiences for ourselves? Why, why are we here? So it helps us understand the trauma that's happened in this life and past lives and all of the connections between them so that when we're healing, we're healing on this really deep soul level so that these things aren't being carried into the next lifetime. So we're really talking about reincarnation then, right? part of it yeah. yeah yeah so are you do you belong to a particular religion do you practice any religion? i do not no i've learned a lot about several religions but it's really more spiritual than than religious yeah. so all of my knowledge has come through intuition where i'm getting clear information about things that just make sense <laughs> okay. um, and a lot of this i've actually channeled a lot of this information for karmic soul healing and karmic soul Reiki, um, I've been channeling lately. And so this information is coming through and I don't even understand what I'm writing until I read it as the, you know, go back and read what I've written. So it's, it's this stream of consciousness coming through. That's just creating healing for my clients beyond what I ever dreamed of. Yeah. So has anybody ever criticized you for actually calling yourself a soul healer? Does anybody ever say, well, how can you claim such a thing? 
not yet, but I'm sure it'll happen at some point. <laughs> I've been called a quack and a whack job. And, you know, what if, what if they just say you're a quack? Well, they won't be the first and they won't be the last and yeah. just not my client. So you said you get your information from like automatic writing is kind of, do you hear a voice or is it a thought or what? It's a, it's a thought. It's a, a kind of a, it's like a connection as though, so a lot of it kind of feels like a memory when I get information either about other people or the, the medium, it's just kind of like stuff will come through. Um, so it's sort of auto, some of it's automatic writing. It's like, okay, if I need to sit down and write something, then it's automatic writing, but he'll give me information and like, I can ask questions and get answers. Yeah. You say he, who, who do you mean when you say he gives you so information? The particular he that I am speaking about right now is Mikao Usui, who was the father of Reiki, the man who originally founded Reiki, and I have been in contact with his spirit. And his okay. spirit has been giving me information, having me bring a new system of Reiki to the world. Now, I think I saw on your website, you, you do some kind of readings. Do you do tarot readings or at all? Is it something else? Nope, I don't use any cards. I just read the person in front of me or they can, you know, text me a question. As soon as they ask, I have the connection to them. And then it's kind of like rather than a psychic reading into your future, I do a psychic reading into your body and your past. So people will come with either a physical pain or emotional trigger they can't get past. Um, a symptom like anxiety or depression, and they might not have know what, what's causing it. Um, some people will get stuck. They'll have like, I just can't get past this thing, or I'm trying to do X in my business and can't get there. Something's holding me back. I do the reading on those. So I basically tell them what's at the root of their problem. And you can do this over the internet? Yeah. Okay, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to do mean it. To sound skeptical <laughs> and just, I just can't grasp that, I guess, is what I'm saying. I would be happy to do it with you, but it can be a little bit vulnerable. So I don't know if that's, if you're open to doing that on the air. Um, sure, why not? So do you have anything that's up for you right now that's in your way or a physical issue or anything? I have a back pain sometimes and hip pain that causes me a lot of trouble. Okay. So you want to look at the back of the hip? I think it's all connected. I mean, it seems to be for me. So I'm saying. A lot of it is fear. How are you with getting older? Well, I certainly acknowledge it and I feel it physically. I there's a message from when you were little, a brain, like a repeated message about being old. I'm seeing you at about eight years old. Were you in a car accident or? I was somewhere around six, seven, eight or something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's playing in too. There's a... There's, some, there's, a, there's a message that came, it's like I see an older person 
saying something to you about being older, but that's also combined with the car accident. So whatever happened, wow, it's really mixed together. What was your relationship with your grandfather? My grandfather? Well, my paternal grandfather died before I was born. Okay. And my mother's dad, he was elderly when I was a child and he died when I was a child. So I really didn't get to know him at all. How old were you when he died? I think maybe seven, eight, nine. I don't know, somewhere around in there. Around the same time. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. It, it's something that, like somebody told you there's something about, well, when you get old, this is what happens kind of thing. Like that kind of like, you know, the old back in the day, there was a lot more like, and this is the way it is. So when you get older and there's something in there, hold on. There's a lot of grief too. A lot of grief. Is this all on your left side? The hip is pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Did you lose a partner? Did I lose a person? A partner. Oh, a partner. Um, through divorce. Was it, did you grieve from it? Was it a big loss or was it? No, it was, I actually celebrated. Okay. There's another loss then. Female. Ugh, it's like pulling the weight down on that side. So it's making you feel heavy. And the hip is coming from bearing a weight like you're carrying something. And it's preventing you from moving forward and getting older without fear. There's a sense of like, you're like, okay, I'm acknowledging it. But there's a sense that there's really a lot of fear about getting older. How old was your grandpa maybe when he died? Maybe you're nearing the age that I'm, he was? I'm thinking he's probably in his 80s, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Well, yeah, there's a lot of fear. Did you agree when your mom died? My mom died several years ago. Did you grieve properly all the way? I think so. Because there's still a lot of heartache that I'm feeling. Is that not resonating? Um, yeah, but isn't that natural? I mean, don't we all grieve when we lose? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. But I'm feeling like there's still grief in your left side. Oh. Unprocessed grief. It still feels like there's a heaviness, this grief going on that you're kind of not acknowledging. And it's like, oh, I dealt with that. But it's still. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> it's not resonating at all. Uh. 
Well, I had these problems a long time before my mother passed. I mean, it's something's been with me since I was young. Okay, okay. So let me let me back up. So with trauma, what happens is we have multiple experiences throughout our lives typically connected to one thing. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's just, oh, this one thing is a separate incident. It's compacting the pain because the pain typically comes and goes and gets worse and less over time. Yeah. So a lot of it, but I'm the, the grief is more your entire left side than just the hip. The hip is there's a carrying of something and it's too heavy to keep carrying and it hurts to move forward. There's something about it hurting as you're growing older. There's a worry and that worry is it's keeping you from having as much joy as you could have and keeping you from really living because there's this fear about being older. Hmm. That's what I'm feeling in the hip. The car accident, whatever started this would have happened in the car accident. So there's probably a couple of things. A good example of how this can work is I had a woman come, a nurse practitioner who had a, a herniated disc. And she knew she had a very traumatic childhood. So she wanted to know which incidences were connected to that bulge. The first thing I saw was her falling. She had fallen off of a cliff when she was about three years old. They were climbing and she was trying to follow her bigger siblings and cousins and stuff. And she said, I can't go any further. And one kid said, yeah, you can come on. And she went against what she thought and she fell and she ended up in the hospital. Then I saw her getting hit in the stomach. When she was about eight or nine, she had been kicked by a horse, again was hospitalized. Again, it was something she said, I don't wanna get up there. The person said, it's fine, you can do it. She doubted herself, got on the horse, got bucked off and kicked. Then we went a little bit farther forward and there was a car accident. The car accident was where she actually injured her back and where the pain began. Yeah. But when we started to go back, it wasn't just the one thing. It was all of the series. And it's kind of like it gets so big after time that then you have to notice it. Then you have to pay attention to it. And sometimes it can come little bits along the way, recurring pain, right? Oh, I have this high school football injury that never goes yeah. away. Yeah. Almost every time it's flaring up, there's a reason. There's something similar that's happening that's creating the emotional experience like it was then and so you're having a similar physical um kind of physical experience because of that so like in the mind body connection our brains are really powerful and they want to not feel pain yeah. so if you can't look at a pain and deal with the emotional pain you can probably hear my puppies howling <laughs> if you can't hear the um, deal with the emotional pain your body will take that emotional pain and try to distract you so you'll create pains. It's really great to avoid when you have a diagnosis. Oh, it's yeah. not that, it's this, right? Yeah. So for her, it was, it's not that you can't trust yourself. It's that you have a disc in your back that's bulging. That's all, ignore the real pain, just focus over here, yeah. right? So it's our body trying to, to trick us, to help us so that we can avoid that pain, but it doesn't really work and it just makes it louder. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I did experience trauma different times in my life. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so whatever was going on, whatever, because with kids, when we have trauma, trauma is simply a misunderstanding in the brain. 
It means we don't understand what happened. We can't make sense of it. And so we contort the situation that happened and our brain tries to make something make sense. And we usually make something wrong about us. Yeah. And, and that'll solidify. So whatever happened during the car accident is showing up again. And there's a, a, a some safety issue, a lack of safety. So that's why it would come up. So pointing out some other times, oh, right, lack of safety when your mom dies. Yeah, that's going to not feel safe. Right. Lack of safety, even in a divorce, I guess it could feel safe. <laughs> it could be it could be freedom from lack of safety. Right. Finding yeah. safety again. Um, it's kind of, and, and you didn't come to me with an issue like, hey, I'm really ready to dive into this. Um, when people do, they're they're wanting to find the answers. So, it's you know, they're it's time. Their body has said, hey, go find somebody to help me with this. Yeah. So they're really ready for it and really ready to. Yeah, it's interesting that we are talking about childhood trauma. I'm sure you're familiar with the ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics. Yep. Uh, I go to meetings regularly. So <laughs> good. <laughs> so that's definitely something that I am aware of. Um, yeah. But we never talk about it being karmic, you know, going back two different lifetimes just from my childhood so yeah and and I do a lot of work with past lives of course if you don't if somebody isn't a, isn't into reincarnation then we don't you know it can it can be something that um is just in your imagination right you don't actually have to believe that you've been reincarnated to feel that you might have some energies with you yeah. Right. That sets stuff up. I mean, God's will, you know, people that are that are more into that is like, okay, we still come here with a purpose. Right. It's still God's will. There's still some fate set up. Right. Release it to God. Let him have control of it. Same thing to me. Same thing. It's just trusting that there's some reason that we're here that isn't just from this lifetime. It definitely is a lifelong process dealing with childhood issues oh yeah it definitely is so i can definitely relate to that uh, do the people you work with i guess you call them clients do they really feel like you help them a lot yeah yeah clients and students so yeah. clients i work with more one-on-one -on -one or in very small groups uh, or i do karmic soul reiki classes and teach people to heal people so yeah. that's my, you know, I, I can, I can work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but I can only help so many people. I can help a lot more if I teach people to do what I do and then send them into the world to, to work. Yeah. There's quite a few people in my area that are Reiki masters. It's kind of a popular thing around here. Yeah. And the thing with this Reiki is it's not hands-on. I'm bringing an esoteric mind-to-mind -mind Reiki. So it's very different than the traditional Reiki that we've all been been using <laughs> for all this yeah. time. It's still the same energy, but it's a different way of manipulating the energy and using it for healing. Yeah. And your website mentioned karmic soul coaching. Now, what exactly is that all about? So that's where I work with people ongoing. 
So we meet weekly. I work one-on-one -on -one with them meeting weekly. So we do whatever is coming up. They basically come in and say, okay, here's what came up this week. Here's where I'm struggling. And we work through whatever they're struggling on. So it uses a combination of the karmic soul Reiki, traditional Reiki, hypnotherapy, intuitive readings, um, and then trauma knowledge. So it's just kind of a combination. And it's when someone's really said, I'm committing to getting to a certain place. Um, you know, I had one of my favorite clients, this guy was, his anger levels were, I'm, I still don't understand how he held a job because he was losing his temper at work multiple times a week. Um, just miserable. The guy was hypervigilant. He had been uh, physically abused daily with the brainwashing of this is the way that men are supposed to be. So he had this, not just this physical experience, but this, this conditioning that he knew was separate from who he was. And when we started working together, it was really fun. About three months in, he was like, my bosses are concerned. They thought I was taking something because I hadn't freaked out and I hadn't yelled at anyone in two weeks. And to see him just totally come around. So we worked together weekly for nine months. And then he was like, he came in and he was like, I don't need to see you anymore. And I was mm -hmm. like, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, and sometimes he, you know, he may, he'll, he'll every once in a while text, Hey, I may call, I've got this thing, but he has so many tools that I've given him to work on his own stuff because that's really my, my goal is to give somebody all the tools that I have so that they can heal themselves. Like I did Yeah. like, just take it all. I just want to give you enough to where you can move because it is a lifelong. It's not something we ever finish. It's yeah. something that we continue to desensitize different layers of. So stuff's always going to come up. Those triggers are always going to be there. It's just making them less big. Yeah. And having the, the, the tools to work through it when it comes. Ah, there I go. Okay. How do I deal? How do I get myself back into my adult? How do I heal the inner child? Because you don't want to just have the moment, right? You want to actually do the work so it's less next time. Yeah. And so giving him the tools. So now he's got those tools and it's, I mean, his whole life turned around, you know, he's happy, he's calm. He's so much of the brainwashing is gone. And he's like, Oh, I can listen to myself now. Yeah. So yeah. Life-changing for most of my clients. It's really powerful. Yeah. We all have experienced a certain amount of brainwashing, didn't we? Oh yeah. And still do. Oh yeah. Society. <laughs> our, our, our homes, our communities, society, it, it's, yeah. So how many clients have you helped over in, since you've been doing this? Ah, I'm not totally sure. Dozens, um, not more than, not too much more, probably, yeah, probably under 100. I'm still fairly new to it um, and just got started really slowly. A lot of, you know, helping people out in the beginning, not really making it a business, just kind of a hobby. And then the last couple of years starting to pick it up more and um, moving online, thanks to the pandemic, that of course slowed everything down. Yeah. We had gotten a brick and mortar wellness center last January and had that starting to really build some momentum. And, and then March came and <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a, but for me, you know, uh, even just those few, I mean, even just one client helping is magical. I don't claim to be an expert on the subject or a therapist, but my theory is that considering everything we've been through in the past year, the whole world has PTSD. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's true awesome. or not. 
Well, it's more complex trauma. Yeah. Because we didn't have one big trauma, but we've had a series of things happen that we couldn't understand. Yeah, it's like trauma is on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, whoops, which is what um, complex trauma is. Yeah. is when you are having those experiences like you said on a regular basis you're having that consistent uncertainty that consistent fear the consistent yeah. inability for your brain to make sense of what exactly is happening yeah yeah so you want to tell us about your website so people will know what to expect if they go there and tell us how people can find it yeah so on karmic soul healing it is K-A-R-M-I-C-S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-I-N-G, karmicsoulhealing.com. And there you can book a consultation with me, or you can sign up for a what is a karmic soul healing workshop. I have monthly, I host a what is karmic soul healing workshop and a what is karmic soul Reiki workshop. So people can come in and kind of experience the energy and the work understand more about it. Um, I also have, so I do classes and then, you know, like I said, with a consultation or you can just book a reading, you know, and just get a little peek into what's going on. So there's lots of ways to work with me. It's really about figuring out, because I love to empower people, is really putting that in their hands of what might be good for them, yeah. right? So do the research, check out the website, come to some of those classes if they sound cool, learn. I also have a Facebook group called soul-based healing for your traumatized inner child which if you do the facebook groups it's actually slash karmic soul healing um i do tons of free stuff in there i have karmic coffee with kesley every wednesday i do like i said the the what is karmic soul healing what is karmic soul reiki i also do um periodic uh, you know challenges and events i've got a three-day trigger reduction challenge coming up on march 16th 17th and 18th so that'll be really fun. Um, and I just try to serve people. I've got tons of free, free stuff in there and meditations and, and it's just, I want to serve. I'm here to, here to help people heal themselves is my, my goal. So you're a combination kind of like a Reiki master and a therapist, aren't you? Sort of. I'm not really a therapist. I'm not, I don't have any licensing in the mental health department. I have just studied a ton about trauma and healing. So I'm in classes with therapists, but I'm not a therapist. I am a hypnotherapist. So hypnotherapy is a known uh, modality for healing trauma. And it's very similar to EMDR in the results. It's just a lo much longer training process to become a practitioner and a much more in-depth um, process, right? So it's not quite as elegant as EMDR, <laughs> yeah. but, it's a, but it's a great, uh, great system. Great. Now, I'm just coming to remember something called uh, quantum healing or something. Is that, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And quantum healing is very similar idea. The idea okay. is, um, and that's pretty much any energy is in the quantum field, there's no space time continuum. Yeah. That we have as humans have agreed to the time space continuum. So we have agreed to linear time but in the energetic world, and it's really why a lot of what I do works and has such profound um, healing effects is because when you're in, I mean, the other way to look at that is our mind and our subconscious mind. When we think we're doing something, our body and brain doesn't know that we're not. Yeah. 
right? People can practice playing piano, never actually touch a note, sit down and play a song just because they practice in their brain. So you can kind of think of it like that as well when we're doing the healing, but then the quantum means we can go back and do the work with the inner child and feel it. We can do ancestral work, right? Having energies exchanged as a kid, reclaiming things our people took from us um, and giving back stuff they gave to us, their anger and shame that they were dumping on us, right? We can give it back, have those experiences. That's the quantum field. That's that energetic. I'm going to give this thing back to you that was nothing to begin with, (laughs) this energy. I'm going to do it as I'm seeing me as a little child doing it. And then you feel the effects of it today. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, it's very powerful and very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> interesting for sure. Yeah. Well, I thank you for being with me and telling us about it. What is there any closing words you would like to tell people? What else would you like people to know about what you do? My motto is right place, right time, right experience. Always. You are always having the right experience. It's a great way to let go of resentment and regret and just trust it. Even if it's uncomfortable or it doesn't make sense, you're having an experience. Nobody has accidental experiences. Okay. So you do a lot more than a regular Reiki master, don't you? Oh, yeah. A lot more. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. I heal souls. Okay. Well, that's a big claim. So... You have to have something to back that up. I, yep. My, <laughs> my loyal clients and followers will vouch for me. <laughs> well, I'm certainly glad that we had this talk. I appreciate you coming on. Maybe I can have you on again sometime so we can go into it further. I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be great. Tell you a little yeah. bit about my experience channeling the karmic soul Reiki. Yeah, that sounds interesting. That sounds yeah. interesting. Well, I'm going to let you go, Kesley. And folks, this is Kesley Mack. Be sure and check out her website. She seems to know what she's talking about. So, uh, Kesley, thank you again, and you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Steve. You too. Bye-bye, everyone.